welcome to the Goma podcast. I hope you have enjoyed our new theme song. Uh, give us your comments uh, about it. But I am joined by two of the most sensational analysts in football. That is KD and Sam J. And we are your weekly fix of uh, football analysis out of the 254. Uh, thank you for joining us this week. But before all that... This is your show. The Gold Mouth Podcast. One, two, three, go! Now, guys, there are a lot of things that have happened. But the two things I want to talk about, Maze, is Champions League fixtures and Europa League fixtures. Why? Because uh, the Farmers League, quote-unquote, <laughs> the Farmers League, for the first time, Paris are in a final. And me and KD were talking earlier in the season. Man. This was 10 months before. Yeah. And we're like, it is either going to be Bayern or Paris are going to be in the final. Yeah. Yeah. Shockingly enough, yeah. Both our predictions were right. Hey, man. Obviously, uh, KD <laughs> being for Bayern and I being for PSG. Yeah. But let's start with Sam J. Sam J. Now, listen, that Paris game was extraordinary, and Di Maria was one of the stars that was in that game. Yeah. What do you think? Exa- what did Leipzig do? Because I know KD here. KD was distraught <laughs> that, that that Leipzig lost. Yeah. <laughs> what His do you team. think? What do you think Leipzig did wrong? I think the goalkeeping error cost Leipzig. That is one of the reasons mm. because if you look at the second goal, it was goalkeeping error, uh, and that second goal is the goal that pushed them away from the match mm. because it it just came when halftime was approaching, and now that has to change the manager's team talk at halftime. Because maybe manager was expecting the game to end at one yeah. nil, yeah. so that he can introduce the likes of Falsberg. Because when he introduces the likes of Falsberg, you saw a very different game. Yeah, at, yeah. yeah, they were at least attacking, but the only pl- thing that they they lacked was that cutting edge at the top. Mm. R- right now, they don't have one. Yeah, who was making a big difference now at Chelsea? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Now, KD, I'm going to say this because he's a former United player. Yeah. Angel Di Maria was a very standout player in that game. Yeah. Uh, but we have to give it up to the other players, of course, in that match who scored. Yeah. Uh, one, of, one of them being our defender, that is uh, Marquinhos. Yeah. Now, what, what do you have to say about this game and how Angel Di Maria changed the perspective of this game? I think, first of all, just like Sam said, it was all about the mistakes made by, by the goalkeeper, first of all, for the second goal. Yeah. Um, for the first goal, it was all about set-piece, which we even saw Leipzig struggling against uh, Atletico Madrid. So, first of all, we just have to give it to PSG. They really played a good game. Neymar had a humongous game, and this man was just everywhere, oh, yeah. chances. But then also, when you look at Neymar, he's not been looking so sharp in the recent games against Atalanta and also against um, Leipzig. Mm-hmm. Neymar, uh, Neymar has not been able, able to finish off the chances. So that that will be a, 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 something for PSG to take into consideration going into the finals. But then also. Now that you are talking about Leipzig, they really had a good game. The front three, Neymar, Mbappe, and also Di Maria. Yeah. The midfield was also good. The, the, the likes of Paredes and also um, Herrera. So for PSG, that was a very good game by PSG. For Leipzig, I think this was this was like an elastic limit for Leipzig. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think uh, Leipzig had a run like the one Ajax had two seasons ago? Well, we really thought they'd go the extra mile, but they just missed out. No, for me, surprisingly, this was, this was not like a surprise, just like was with Ajax last season. Uh-huh. 
this Leipzig team was the one that was made for this kind of a competition because you watch the team that has been made by Julian Nagelsmann. It's a very good team. Mm. It's not like they were just there um, to try their luck. It's mm. a team that made up of players who were there for such kind of competitions. Well, apart from Timo Werner even leaving the team. So they also have very other good players. So it's a team that is made for this kind of competitions. Yeah. And you can see that they'll go far. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, talking about Neymar, if you look at the way, if, even if Dan, Duncan is saying that he has been wasting chances, which is true, mm. but he has been creating a lot too. Yes. yes. Think about it. Defenders, defenders have been having a, a very hard time yeah. trying to uh, contain Neymar. Yeah, now he is making the big difference by creating, making those through balls to the likes of Mbappe. If you watch the game where they won against Atalanta, yeah. Neymar was a very big difference yes. in their win. Yeah, they passed to Neymar. Yeah, they to passed to, to Mbappe, Mbappe and mm. then Mbappe squared it in yes. for Chupomotin to to score. Yeah. It was Neymar's brilliance. And of course, the former one of the former players at Stoke City, Chupomotin, was also a standout player in the Atalanta game for the quarterfinal. Yeah. I had to say that because I have a couple of people who I was talking to and I was like, Chubomoting is going to be one of the biggest uh, improvements in PSG but from Stoke also City. Gigs, doesn't that raise eyebrows when you have um, a player who was relegated by Stoke City having having to depend on you to to to, to come through? But but remember, in a game against Atalanta. But remember, people like Chubomoting <laughs> were one of those players who were standout at Stoke. Him and Shakiri were the standout players at Stoke. Yeah. By by Stoke losing Shakiri and uh, to Liverpool, and by Stoke losing Chubomoting to PSG, yeah. it showed how much value those two had think yeah. about it the two teams that took up those two players from stoke had identified the untapped talent that these two players had yeah but okay. then also it raises eyebrows when you are a, a team like psg when you yeah. have the likes of ikadi yeah. you have di maria you yeah. have mbappe and neymar but then also you are depending on a player who was relegated by stoke city yeah but sometimes sometimes it always reached to that time because you will find uh, the, the team, this other team like Atalanta, mm. concentrating on the likes of Mbappe, yeah. Neymar, yeah. and the likes. Maybe if Di Maria would have been playing, they were they would have concentrated on Di Maria yeah. because they know these are the main threats. But by introducing such kind of a player, which mm. is of a squad depth, mm. it will it will give you another cutting edge whereby the defenders will not concentrate on him, mm. but, and he will have more chances mm. of scoring than Neymar scoring because when Neymar gets the ball everyone is on him exactly when Mbappe gets the ball everyone is, is on, on him. him but when when Chupomotin gets the ball you you will find maybe there is only one person who is going to defend him mm. yeah yeah but, but back to what um Sam was talking about Neymar yeah, fair play to Neymar um this is a very different Neymar that you are seeing in this competition you yes. know the previous Neymar that you used to see on the pitch and yeah. Neymar that is fouled uh. stays down but this kind of Neymar we are seeing Neymar who is very concentrated on getting back once he's being fouled so yeah. fair play to Neymar he's creating chances he's helping at his team in a lot of ways so fair play to Neymar so also. he's becoming basically a punch through player within the team yeah and that's what we've been waiting for for him to yeah, be and as a, exactly because when you look at Neymar right now he's getting to his climax he's um I think 28 yeah and for a player at 28 you expect him to be doing almost everything um 
because of his potential that he has. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, if you look at those statistics, uh, the passes between uh, Leipzig and Paris Saint Germain was six forty six to four fifty eight. So, of course, possession was with them, uh, as you can see. Uh, also, the shots between each team was fourteen fourteen, but of course, uh, PSG had more shots on target. Uh, fair play, of course, went to Paris. Only had one yellow card as compared to the three. But all that are are just details. The the point being, PSG took that game. Now, yo, gigs. Even before we proceed, I think it's something that I've also noted even through PSG. Yeah. How clutch their defenders are. Yes. Because when you look at the Atalanta game, Macunios mm. was there to help up his team. Yes. Same case to the Le- uh, to the Leipzig Leipzig game. The opening goal was Macunios too. So yeah. it's always good when you have defenders who are always there when you need them. To yes. Help, especially in the offensive part of the game. But do you do you think the the defenders being part of the game and being even uh lethal even in terms of being in the box during attack during set pieces is that going to be a headache for Bayern Munich or do Bayern Munich have a very strong defense that they'll be able to contain the likes of Marquinhos and Kimpembe but if you look at uh, the position that Marquinhos is playing yeah he's playing in that base of uh, that midfield yeah uh, like a CDM yes because at the back they have Kimpembe and Thiago Silva yes yeah, yeah. and they have a very very quick Fullbacks too, yeah. which are very young. Yeah. So it is just a matter of Marquinhos has to get more credit because he has made the difference in these games also. Mm. Yeah, mm. people people have not been talking about him, but he has been a real difference in these two matches that PSG has played. So yeah. so props to to of course the defensive line uh, that uh, uh, Paris are putting up. Mm. Now uh, being being that everyone has quoted the Farmers League uh, <laughs> and they are, this is the first time Paris Saint Germain are going to be in the final. Yeah. Uh, hopefully for me from the beginning of the season <laughs> I had a big feeling that PSG need to carry this title it, and you I called for it. For it. Yeah. So hopefully they are going to take it. Yeah. Now I want to move on to the opponents that they are going to be facing. Now Bayern Munich of course have been the uh, devil's advocate for putting people in the coffin. <laughs> it, it's not Chelsea, it's not Lyon. They have been annihilating teams left, Spurs. right and center. It's, it's not, not Spurs. These guys have had a run of 21 games unbeaten in the Champions League coming towards this final. They've won 10 out of 10 in the Champions League. 10 out season. of 10 and uh, if you include the COVID games, that is 21. Those are 21 wins. That is absolutely insane. Now, they beat uh, Olympic Lyon uh, 3-0. Olympic Lyon came from a very confident win, uh, yeah. where of course we had uh, we had the likes of Memphis Depay who didn't perform as well, but we had a big player who stepped up to the plate. Yeah. Uh, and I know Sam was very surprised about this player. Yeah, uh, Sam, <laughs> you you I have to put you on the spot. Yeah. This player, this player, I know you did not expect this player to perform, but what did you think about him? <laughs> he knows exactly who about. He knows exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> the one man said Ginabri. No, I don't know what happened, but that is football. Sometimes it do happens like that. Yes. But you can't blame yourself for because maybe it he was not meant for, to play for Arsenal. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. But if you look at the way mm, Bayern Munich have been playing, yeah. they have been playing very well mm. because they are pressing high. Mm. They win their press in the opposition's half. Mm. Then they make their transitions very quick, mm-hmm. which is maybe like three to two two passes, and they are in your box. Yeah. Now, 
this one this final is going to give us a very real test yeah because PSG is a a very good counter attacking team yeah if you look at Mbappe mm. Neymar and mm. Di Maria and mm. I know those are the three that are going to start in that final yes uh, yeah uh, that one is going to be a very testy match yeah and talking about Sajinabri Sajinabri has been Tramedias in in his last games yeah, yeah. and uh, he has scored at least two to three goals mm. when it comes to Champions League yes against against Tottenham mm. he scored an hat trick yeah and, and this the last match is he scored a brace yes. which is very good and Lewandowski also has not been stopping scoring to the death yeah and that's something I wanted to highlight because <laughs> because, because yeah. uh, Lewandowski was about to leave the match without a goal without a goal but the 88th minute yeah. Him, he came back into the fray and scored and uh, give it, give, gave himself a goal. Yeah. Now, Serge Nabri, as you said, was uh, one of the standout players that yeah. who scored uh, in the first half to give Bayern the lead. Yeah. But KD, I have to ask you, what do Bayern uh, do? Bayern have to do anything extra to go past uh, PSG, or do you think they have it in the bag already? Because you are the one who said Bayern, we are going to take this one. Yeah, man. Even before I get to talk about maybe the final between PSG and uh, and also Bayern. Yeah. Things to note about the Lyon and also the the, the Bayern Munich game. You yeah. can see that Lyon were creating chances. They exactly. had so many chances. Exactly. Yeah, and because some started by highlight, highlighting how Bayern keep the highlights. So yeah. that's something to note even before you go to the final. And that's why uh, Lyon were not afraid to go and attack Bayern Munich. Yeah. So mm. credits to Lyon too for creating chances but then yeah. also you have to take such chances when you're playing such kind of games yeah. Memphis Depay had chances uh, uh, Toko Lekambi had chances yeah. but they did not take their chances yeah. but mm-hmm. when you look on the Bayern Munich side when you have players like Gnabry and Lewandowski taking mm. their chances then you know you, you stand no chance against such kind of a team exactly yeah. and, and also Sam also highlighted the, the revival of um, Serge Gnabry yeah. I've never seen the revival of a player just like I've seen with Serge Gnabry man yeah. I'd like that to happen uh, <laughs> at my current team with, with, with Phil Jones man <laughs> you know you know gigs uh, I can say Leon exposed every weakness of Bayern Munich they did and, and I know yeah. Tuchel was also watching that game of course and he knows he has a plan on how to set up his team yes to accommodate such kind of behavior in case yeah. Bayern Munich will try to to defend Highline and remember they will suffer and remember Paris Saint-Germain have one of the fastest speedsters in terms of attacking yeah. players in the world yeah. yeah so if you have if you have Neymar if you have Mbappe that are leading the line of attack yeah then you automatically know that yeah. the defenders who are not as fast by the way yeah. uh, are, are, are not going to be able to contain them as effectively as they've been containing um, defenses such as Chelsea yeah of course given the reasons like, like Chelsea they don't have the the fastest players neither did they have the uh, the most experienced players yeah but going into it uh, senior players like Mula uh, might also be uh, di- uh, change changes between uh, what uh, Bayern are currently doing and what they were going to be doing in the final. Yeah. Yeah. But I really want to dive into what is going to happen within the final. Let me add just a, a point. Yeah. If you look at the way PSG are playing, mm. Neymar is free roaming. Yeah. He, mm. he doesn't Neymar have like doesn't have position. like a, a one position yes. on the wing. No. Yeah. He's free roaming even in this number 10 role. Yeah, yeah. And that one is going to give 
Bayern Munich a very big problem yeah. because Neymar's through pass is very dangerous. Mm. He knows how to read the game. Mm. He knows when to dribble, when to release the ball. Yes. And that one is going to be very dangerous for Bayern for Munich. Uh, for Bayern Munich. Yeah. yeah, man. And now that we are talking about maybe Bayern Munich, um, I'll play the devil's advocate and say that Bayern Munich has, have been playing as a unit. You look yeah. at maybe how players like Alfonso Davis, Lewandowski, especially mm. because when I look at Lewandowski, he's not the kind of striker who only wants goals for himself. Yes. Look at the chances that he has been creating, the opportunities that he has been creating for his team. Teammates. Look at the Barcelona, um, the Barcelona game. I think he had also two assists. So that tells you everything that you need to know about Bayern Munich and how they work um, as a unit and also as a team. Look at maybe how Gnabry, Lewandowski, and also Perisic, the front three, how they operate, the midfield of Thiago and also Goretzka. Goretzka. So it's a team that is working as a unit when yeah. you look at them. But then also. We ha- also have to mention the frailties that have been, they have been having at yeah. the back because... I'm just worried about Boateng. Yeah, because yes. because and, yeah, the yeah. face of Mbampe, yeah. maybe Alaba, Alaba may contain the pressure, mm. but Boateng will not contain that pressure. Yeah, and exactly. Face. And it's not only Boateng because when you look at the two centre-backs, you look at um, Alaba, and, Alaba and also Jerome Boateng, they've not been playing... As a as a unit for for long, when you mm. look at Alaba, he, he was just moved into that centre back po- position. Um, the beginning of this season. So yeah. once you you look at this Bayern Munich side, um, mm. once you have maybe players like Mbappe, um, Neymar, and also Di Maria, mm. who, who are very good attacking players, they will test uh, Alaba and also Boateng. So yeah. that's all, that will also be a concern for Bayern Munich and also for Hansi Flick. They mm. also have to be very compact at the back. Yeah. The two of them, they cannot manage to go up up front. They have mm. to, to stay at the back mm. and guard. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, surprisingly for you guys, you, you might know or might not know that Bayern and PSG have actually met eight times in the Champions League. Yeah. But they've only met in the group stages all eight times. Yeah. Uh, this makes a difference now that they're meeting in a final. Now, uh, Bayern Munich, this is their 11th Champions League final. And then PSG, it's the first time that they're walking into the, into, the, into the Champions League final. Now, Bayern Munich have scored uh, 42 goals in the last 10 games in the Champions League. Uh, now, the only people who have scored more than that is uh, Barcelona with 45. And they only played 16 games. Yeah. Uh, what, what does that spell in terms of uh, goal conversion uh, for Bayern Munich as compared to PSG? Because, let's, let's, let's face it, the conversion rate of Bayern Munich, given that Chelsea were in a very bad position, uh, given that they killed some of these teams uh, with high high scoring games, yeah. but Paris Saint Germain have only not been converting because they've been missing the chances that I've been getting. So, in terms of goal conversion, who do you think is going to have the upper hand? Yeah, and exactly that. Just like I started by highlighting, this is a, an opportunity for Neymar to sh- to show what he's made of. Mm-hmm. Because when you watch the Leipzig and also the Atalanta game, he's yeah. not been converting the chances that yeah. he has had. So this is the game whereby people are going to judge Neymar yeah. based of the chances that he's going to create and also convert. So, but when you look at the Bayern Munich side, you have players who are very ruthless. Talk of Gnabrys and also the Lewandowski, they are very ruthless in front of goal. So for PSG, they really have to be stunned going forward and they also have to finish off the chances that they'll get because you'll get chances against this Bayern Munich side. Mm. You'll also get chances against um, this PSG side. So mm. it will be about who will finish off the chances that they get. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But this is the time that 
it is very convenient time for PSG to reach a final exactly. for the first time because exactly. with no fans, mm. the environment is conducive for them. And it's it's a neutral ground right now yeah. for yeah. all of them, yeah. uh, especially for PSG. Because yeah. Bayern Munich have taken this before, yeah. and they've taken it. The, the current players that are in there, some of them have been yeah, uh, part of, of the Boateng, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they've been part of and the they've been part of the of the champions of, of the champions of Champions League basically. Yeah. Yeah. But the likes of uh, Serge Nabri and have not been part of the champions squad you know yeah so that might be a motivation but what i think i'm going to stand with my prediction of psg are going to take this thing <laughs> whether you like it or not there are too many standout players at psg talk of chupo moting um talk of neymar talk of mbappe makinos has stepped up to the plate so there are too many standout players for me for me to uh, say that it's going to go bands way yeah so i think i'd want to know Predictions in terms of what do you guys think uh, how this game will go? <laughs> I have a feeling for me this game is going to be high scoring. It's going to be three two, and Paris are going to take it. Yeah, <laughs> Champions League winners, twenty twenty. <laughs> Paris Saint Germain. Let me just go first. The way I've seen matches, the way PSG have been playing, mm. and the way uh, Bayern Munich has been playing, mm. I cannot, I cannot rate Bayern Munich with that Barcelona game. That one. I can't rate them with that much. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing PSG clinching a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with three goals to one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, man. KD? I, I'm still going to have to stand with my decision for the integrity. But then also, Giggs, you also started by highlighting that Bayern Munich have, stood, have scored 42 goals, goals in the Champions League this season. Only three goals away from the record set by Barcelona. Mm. So that tells you about um, Bayern Munich and what they've been doing in the Champions League this season. They are so hungry for goals. They are so hungry to win this competition. Mm-hmm. Both clubs have won all their titles domestically so it's only the Champions League that's remaining so both clubs will really be determined to win this competition Mm. but then also I'm still gonna go with Bayern Munich on this Bayern Munich still look like a superior side to to this PSG side right now Uh, okay yeah I'm I'm gonna do the reverse prediction of Sam J (laughs) (laughs) 3-1 win to Bayern so the final is going to be held uh, of course in Lisbon that is going to be on Sunday the 23rd of this month uh so everyone is going to be watching we are going to be watching seeing the different highlights and seeing the different uh playing points and talking points that we're going to have and then of course on the next episode we're going to come and review yeah man even before we get even to wrap up about um the, the bayern munich and also the psg game that that is coming up on the weekend which battle are you guys excited about the most? Because when you when you look at the left hand side, we'll be having the likes of Alfonso Davis attacking. On the other hand, we'll be having maybe Neymar and also Kimik matching up. Mm-hmm. We'll be having the likes of um, um, Mbappe going on with the likes of Boateng. So it will be a very exciting game. Um, which matchup are you guys excited the most about? I, thi- I think I'm actually very excited about Mbappe and Boateng matchup. Reason being, yeah. I think yeah. uh, the same thing that Messi did to Boateng yeah. is going to happen again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. going to happen again. And, also, and this time, courtesy of Mbappe. Uh, I think that will also be something to note because if, if you watched also the, the Bayern Munich and also the Barcelona game, you yeah. can see yeah. that he also struggled um, with the Luis Suarez goal. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that will also be an interesting matchup too. Mm. I'm also looking forward to watching Alfonso Davis. He's been so exciting in the Champions League and also in the league. Mm. So I'm looking forward to that. 
but Noah also has to be part of conversation because he, he always makes big decisions in such matches. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah true. So so do you think this might also be a, a matter of uh, because they have two strong attacking they are two strong attacking sides. Yeah. Then do you think it's going to be solely dependent on uh, defenders and goalkeepers to make the difference between the two teams? And I think that's a very interesting way to look at it because when you look at PSG um I don't think they'll be having their goalkeeper I'm not so sure if they'll be having Kilanavas. Sajuriko played against Leipzig, but um, um, for Bayern Munich, then you can expect that. And Manuel Neuer will be starting. He has been starting, and has been very, has been very instrumental for them in this competition. So mm-hmm. it's also a very interesting matchup because you'll be having very um, attacking players on the pitch. Yes. So you'll be need, you'll be needing your goalkeepers to be at their best also. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think the the weekend is going to bring us quite a lot of entertainment. And uh, I think the next time we meet, we are going to either see someone cry, which is uh, <laughs> you guys, <laughs> someone celebrating, which is obviously myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the opposite. <laughs> Don't exclude me. <laughs> yeah. And also even gigs. I, I was also thinking, how huge will, will this be for PSG? Because they've oh, never won the Champions League. It's going to be how huge. How huge will this be for PSG? Huge. And that is why I'm behind PSG. It's going to be huge. Listen. The the streets of France are go- the streets of Paris are going to be celebrating. I can assure you. And we have seen that before, even in the semis and we also have, the quarters. Exactly. <laughs> First of all, these people have been investing to be crowned this the trophy. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. they brought Neymar. Yes. For this reason. Yes. They brought million. they brought a new manager who, who was Unai Emery for for the same reason, and Unai mm. did not manage to take it. Yes. And they decided to change the manager just mm. because of the Champions League. Yes. Yeah. Right now, you can see the bond between the manager, Tuchel, and his players. Very it strong is very bond. Strong. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and also Sam, you also highlighted that PSG have heavily invested in this kind of competition, not only to win the domestic league, yeah. mm. but to win the Champions League. Exactly. Same case for Bayern Munich. You look at even the manager, and this is also a question that I also wanted to pose. How huge will also this be for a young manager like Hansi Flick? This is his first season with Bayern Munich. Well, yeah. well, how how will this be set the precedence for other managers? You look at the likes of Mikel Arteta, the likes of OGS. Yeah. yeah. How huge will this maybe be for Hansi Flick? First of all, from being a caretaker yeah. to, mm. to a manager, mm. because he was just a caretaker. Yes. When Bayern Munich were looking for. A new manager yeah and mm. they decided this man can do something so they retained yeah. him yeah and yeah. they retained him and they gave, gave him a contract yeah now this one is going to be massive yeah if if Bayern win which I'm hoping not to yeah. because I'm obviously with Paris but if Bayern win it sets a precedence for young managers across other leagues yeah, yeah. now you gave examples of Mikel Arteta yeah. and uh, OGS and now we have even the Juventus manager Pilo. exactly yeah it it gives it gives a, a very broad uh offset of what young managers are going to be able to do yeah. it would give confidence to some of these young managers for example in the Premier League it gave Mikel Arteta a very huge boost yeah. that he won the FA Cup. Yeah. This is going to change the perspective, if we think about it, towards the 1998 in the Premier League. Mm. The perspective of how people like Arsene Wenger, the likes of how Sir Alex Ferguson changed the game to the system that we're using right now. Yeah. The system again is changing. And it's because young managers are coming in, the likes of Pep Guardiola, the likes of uh, Mikel Arteta, the likes of now, as you're saying, the new Juventus manager, that is, uh, is Paolo, the architect. Yeah. 
Yeah. This is going to set a precedence for young managers changing the system once again. Yeah. There's going to be a change of systems around the leagues, not only Premier League, not only in the in in the league, not only in the Bundesliga, but even in the Serie. A. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be a huge shift. Yeah. And this one just shows that from this point, team will be judged by being in Champions League. Yes. That is that is where the standard has yeah. been now set. Yeah, yeah especially because, the big teams. Yeah, the big teams are now judged by being in Champions League mm-hmm. and being crowned the champion mm, yeah. of the Champions League. Mm. Why? Just because if you look at PSG, this is a club that has won everything in France. Exactly. But that name still does not does not bring bring that picture of PSG out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When you are yes. talking of the likes yeah. of Manchester United, yeah. Yeah. when you are talking of the likes of Chelsea, yeah. same to Man City, they still need to win this Champions League. Yeah. Is when people can take them to that group of big boys. Yeah. Not just being in that domestic league. Even if you win the FA Cup, Carabao and everything, mm. you are still not recognized. Yes. And if you look at the, the statement that came from William, Ateta told him to sign a three-year deal. Why? Ateta wants to qualify for Champions League mm. next season. At least he wants to take Arsenal to that competition. A credibility, yeah. a credibility mm. type of managerial style. Yeah. Yeah. And now that mm. just tells you by being in that Champions League spot, that is where you will be judged ra- right now, mm. not not in the league. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So clearly, it looks like uh, for young managers, they have to prove themselves c- going to the Champions League. Okay, Giggs, even before we get to wrap up about the Champions League, you started also by highlighting maybe teams which have been maybe they have proven that we can do it. The young guns, you look at yeah. maybe the likes of Atalanta, Leipzig, yes. Lyon. Yes. What does this mean? What does this spell for this kind of teams? Because last year we had the likes of Ajax. Yeah. Um, next year we also be having other other exciting teams to look at the league and we'll be having ranks in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. What confidence do they get from their counterparts who have been in the Champions League this season? The likes of Leipzig, just like I mentioned, to go on mm. and maybe we we'll face the bigger teams in the Champions League going forward. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, uh, small teams need to get motivation from the likes of these other teams. And it's something that I think, if we think about it critically, yeah. these small teams, if they can reach quarters and semifinals, yeah. there's going to be a time, like back in the 80s, we're going to be having teams like in the 80s, like Nottingham Forest winning the Champions yeah. League, which was very shocking. Hmm. We have Ajax Amsterdam who won it twice. Yeah, and even having Fulham going into the final of the Europa League. Exactly. Yeah. So small teams need to uh, get back the grip of it doesn't matter whether we're playing with big boys like Barcelona. It doesn't matter whether we're playing against our counterparts that we consider quote-unquote small clubs. Yeah. We need to set precedence for how we are going to be able to reach the summit and actually win it. Yeah. Because some if if all these other teams are, are setting trends in their domestic leagues, yeah. why not set trends in the European leagues? Yeah. So I agree with you. I think our small teams need to also need to step up... Uh, uh, their game and be able to compete against the big boys uh, we are calling Bayern, Barca, yeah. Juve, yeah. and Real Madrid, of course, the kings of Europe. It's true. Yes. Yeah. Now, yeah. allow me to flip the page yeah. because I want to go to the other side of the league. That is the Europa League. Now, uh, we have our resident Manchester United fan here. That is KD. <laughs> now, Manchester United uh, were playing against Sevilla. Yeah. For the Europa League, uh, so they can get to the Europa League uh, finals. Yeah. Manchester United record had 20 shots attempts on goal. They had seven on target. 
as compared to Sevilla's 9 and 3 on target. <laughs> uh, Bruno Fernandes opened the scoring, of course, with a penalty, <laughs> which we can talk about and <laughs> we are going to dive FC. into it. Yeah. Uh, given that we have uh, Manchester United being dubbed penalty FC, <laughs> then Suso came in uh, in the 26th minute, scored a goal, uh, then we went into halftime, it being all square. But uh, Luke De Jong comes back at the 78th minute and absolutely buries Manchester United's hopes of going into the final. Now, on a previous episode of the podcast, Colo, of course, was looking forward to uh, Manchester United versus Inter Milan. Yeah. But obviously, that won't happen because the experience that Sevilla carry in the Europa League surpasses uh, the one that maybe United have in the Europa League. Yeah. Let me let me not uh, contradict myself. In the Europa League, yeah. not in Europe football. Yeah. In the Europa League. Now. I'll start with KD because obviously you are the ones who are buried. <laughs> what didn't you do? Oh man. <laughs> this is just another game by Manchester United whereby they are not able to finish off their chances. Mm. Not being able to finish off our chances, that was our problem. Exactly. Because when you look at Sevilla, the first goal was very ruthless. One might argue that the ball had already gone outside, um, having come off um, the head of Jules Kunde. But then also, yeah. fair play to them, they went they went on ahead to, to score a very yeah. good goal, yeah. mm. which exposed the frailties of Manchester United. It was a build-up mm. build yeah. play. Yes. Yeah. yeah, which also got, got to expose the problems that United have been having at the back talk of the legs of Maguire and also Williams, Brandon Williams. So this was this was just another game whereby Manchester United were not just able to finish off their chances because especially at the start of the second half, Martial had a lot of chances whereby mm. you could expect that Martial could have had um, a hat trick. But on this show, we do, we do not talk about could have and should have. So yes. we were not able to finish off our chances. Sevilla took their second goal very well by Luke de Jong. Mm-hmm. So fair play to Sevilla. They are right now into the into the final of the of the Europa League for the sixth time. Mm-hmm. Um, five times they've been in the finals of the Europa League. Five times they've won the Europa League. And that's, that, that says a lot. That's very staggering. That, that says a lot. It tells you everything that you, know, you need to know about Sevilla. And also, you just you just have to look at uh, some of the some of the players who've been doing very well. The likes of Banega, Lucas Ocampos. Um, Sam was talking about this yeah. of them. So, they they have some of the players who've been doing very well. I I, I admire the young player in Jules Kounde. He's twenty one. Uh, the centre back. But then also he looks like um the one who's carrying that um who's leading the line at the back for Sevilla right now. So fair play to Sevilla. But then also when you look at United, it exposes everything that everything that we've been struggling with um at the start of this season and and also after this season. Um, we've been into three semi-finals. All of them we've lost. Mm-hmm. Europa League. Um. Um, Europa League, we lost to to Sevilla. We also lost to um, the FA Cup to Chelsea and also the Carabao Cup. So that tells you also the, the mentality that that is also at United right now. It's not a winning mentality, to be honest. It's yeah. not a winning mentality that we have at the club right mm. now. So yeah. so uh, and and I'm going to uh, iterate. There's a podcast that we did together. Yeah. This was about three episodes ago uh, yeah. in our midweek podcast. I remember uh, me and Samjay discussing about how Sevilla's experience comes into light yeah. when it comes to the Europa League. Yeah. As KD has said, five times they've gone to the final, five times they've won. Yeah. Now, uh, Sam, Sam we, we discussed about how Sevilla are going to uh, claw their way back into the final. And it has happened. So what exactly do you expect now that they're going to be, of course, against uh, Inter Milan, which has been prepped, ready, and uh, I'll say bought, because they yeah. bought quite a lot of players to, for them to build this team. But what do you think now, Sevilla? Okay, even as you're highlighting the United game, yeah. what do you think Sevilla have to do to now uh, take on Inter Milan in the final? 
I have to highlight the United game first. Because Thank you. <laughs> and and off the mic, we had one of the biggest arguments we've had yeah. to date. Yeah. And you can catch that uh, snippet on YouTube uh, on one of our on one of our reserved videos. Yeah. But continue. If you look at uh, the way Man United had got so many chances, and right now Man United should be even linked with Danny Ings, mm-hmm. if they are a team that is serious, that one, they need a striker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just to be clear, they need an out-and-out striker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martial is a good player, mm-hmm. but he's not that ruthless when it comes to striking. Because he's that guy that will receive the ball and is still soft, want to turn, want to give uh, uh, defenders nutmeg. Strikers d- does not do that. Mm-hmm. If you look at the way Kunaguer always plays, yes, he's very ruthless. Yes, he Box, finds that two, ball three, and four touches it. in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you look at Danny Ings, the way he's playing, yeah, at, at Southampton, at Southampton, yeah, the has, conver- his conversion rate now is about fifty-six percent. Yeah, that's a great conversion. Has rate. got more than twenty-two goals in a season. Yes, and you are playing for a Southampton team. Yes, mm-hmm. that one is a striker. Mm. He's converting the chances that the little chances that Southampton are creating. Yeah. Yeah. Man United is a team that creates a lot. Mm. And now you should not leave uh, such game to just slip out of your hands mm. and you are leading. Oleguna Soja had a chance to avoid that defeat. Yes. Yeah. Just to say the truth, he yeah. had a chance Ooh, to yes. avoid that yeah. Yeah. that defeat. Yeah. yeah. Because he would have even pulled Igalo in. Mm-hmm. Because Igalo is very composed on the ball. Is yes. is someone who is very composed on the ball. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the severe defense, they were a little bit panicking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Igalo would have sneaked one yeah. or two. Yeah. Yeah, but Oleguna Soja decided to relax. Yeah, Until and the 80, I don't know, 80 minutes. <laughs> he, he was thinking like a player just like yeah. he used to play in the 90s, man. Yeah. Hoping for a miracle in the 90 plus minutes. And, and you know, Sevilla has got uh, this experience of dealing with this kind of matches. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So that was that was not a surprise to them. Mm. Even if the referee added six minutes, mm. it was not a surprise to them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they know they know how to deal with such kind of scenarios. Yeah. 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 Do you do you think United in terms of their strength force are in experimenting mode? They have a good partnership in there because if you look at Greenwood, Greenwood mm. is very still young and is very good. Yeah. And I think they should keep on playing Greenwood. Yeah. If they buy another winger, it will it will end up uh, ruining the the life of this kid. Yeah. Because this kid has shown it mm. and he has even made Man United to grab some points that they were not meant to grab yeah. Yeah. in the name of Greenwood. Yes. By just pulling some, some of the wins mm. where they would have drawn or where they would have lost, yeah. and Greenwood just come in yeah. and sneak a draw. And something that I have to highlight is Mason Greenwood is one of those players who does not show you where he's going to place the ball. Yeah. It, 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 it's a matter of he's going to shoot. You have no idea where he'll place it. You have no idea what time he'll place yeah. it. I'm very jealous because Man United have got, had got this kid. Yeah. I was just hoping this kid would have been in Arsenal because... How old is Mason Greenwood? Yeah, Arsenal would because, have brought him to... Yeah. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> if you look at our setup of young young lads, yeah. we have a very young setup of yeah. young lads. Yeah. Tieni is still 23. Yes. If you look at Martinelli, yeah. if you look at Saka, yeah. Willock, yes. Reis Nelson, mm-hmm. these are yeah. Nketia, th- these are young guys yeah. that that are showing 
potential yes and ateta is putting faith on them mm. by giving them matches so that they can gain that experience as time goes on and that is what should happen with greenwood i'm now looking at a scenario where man united bring sancho mm-hmm. they have martial they have they have uh, rashford yeah. greenwood is going to be benched mm. and this guy has shown potential mm. and sometimes it give you confidence when you start a match than being thrown in yes. when things are so, are worse yeah yeah and that that is what man united should do with greenwood maintain with him in that starting 11 but kedi can confirm to us that is ogs really a a, a manager of youth yeah, development or is he is he a person who's, who's looking for experience yeah, because Mourinho, sure. remember Mourinho, Mourinho at tottenham said when i enter tottenham hotspur yeah. i'm going to do what i'm going to uh, develop the young talent Hey, guess who the young talent is? Guys like Winks yeah. who are not playing are being replaced by people like Sissoko. Uh and and I'm trying to wonder is OGS of the same mentality of I want to develop young players or is he going to go off the wheels and is going to be like, listen, I want experience over anything and leave Greenwood in the dust. Yeah, and it's good that you guys started by highlighting some of the frailties and some of the issues that United have been struggling with whether it's yeah. striking and also defensive wise yeah. because I think it's only striking a lot and a lot especially because when you look at Martial and also I was looking at some of the big teams in Europe when I look at Arsenal they have Aubameyang who's a very ruthless finisher and mm-hmm. they also have Lacazette yeah. Lacazette will drop in deep get the ball do all, do all the donkey work in that team yes. when you look at maybe a team like Atletico Madrid they mm-hmm. have players like Diego um what's his name they have uh, Diego the Diego guy Diego Costa. Diego Costa, sorry. Mm-hmm. Diego Costa and also Joao Felix. Joao Felix is the kind of player who will just do the... He's like a false nine. But when you look at Diego Costa, mm-hmm. he'll do all the donkey work in that team. When you exactly. look at just the big teams in Europe, mm-hmm. they have a striker who will do all the donkey work, but mm-hmm. they also have a ruthless finisher. Mm-hmm. When you look at United right now, they don't have that. They yeah. only have Martial. Martial is a very good dribbler of the ball. Mm-hmm. But then also when you need Martial to finish off the chances, he's not finishing them off. So when I look at United, they need a player like Maybe Musa Dembele. Mm. You saw what Musa Dembele did against Manchester City. Mm. That's the kind of player that uh, Manchester United right now need right now. Also, defensive voice. Um, we are also talking with Sam and also you gigs uh, about Maguire because. When you look at some of the big teams they have a young player and also a very exper- experienced defender. When you look at Liverpool right now they have Van Dijk. Van Dijk is not a very good defender to be honest. But then also when you look at Van Dijk, Van Dijk can really read the game very well. Mm. But he also has um his partner who's maybe Joe Gomez or also or maybe um what's his name? Matip yeah. who'll do all the donkey work. But when you look at Man- Manchester United right now they don't have that. Maguire cannot read the game. Maguire cannot tackle. Maguire, even as people usually say, Maguire cannot pass the ball. Mm. So Man United don't have right now. When it comes to Lindelof, Lindelof also does that. Mm. He, can, he can pass the ball very well, but then also he cannot defend. So that's that's also another issue. Also, you need to look at United right now, and that tells you because we'll be playing in the Champions League next season. But then also when you go this kind of uh, squad that we have right now, yeah. it tells you that you will not proceed even past the group stages. Do you think United put too much hope in Maguire? Yeah, exactly, because... There was uh, too much hope in Maguire. Because yeah. Maguire was not... Even at Leicester, Maguire was not the... He was not, not, he was not the marquee player. He was player. not the marquee player. Yeah. Wes Morgan was there as the marquee player. Yeah. Right now at Leicester, Suyonchu is the marquee player at Leicester. But if either way, the case would be is that uh, United spent too much money for a less of a value player 
yeah. that was not even a key man in the club that he was before. Yeah, because and also gives that raises eyebrows about the scouting department at Manchester United because you've not been you, you've not had United being linked with players who've been performing very well in Europe. Talk mm-hmm. of Arsenal right right now have been linked with Hussein Awa. Yeah. Arsenal as even as we get to talk on this podcast, Arsenal don't have finances, but then also Arsenal as a club, they know that there are areas that we need to strengthen and they are going for a player like Hussein Awa, they are mm. going for a player like Gabriel. But when you look at Manchester United right all we hear is that Ma- Manchester United have been linked with English players, talk mm. of Jadon Sancho, talk mm. of Grealish. Mm. And these are players who, who, whose praises have all been overhyped. So mm. it tells you also about the scouting department at Manchester United. You wonder if they usually do a scouting out of out of um, out of England. <laughs> <laughs> because when, by the way, because when you look at Maguire, just like we mentioned, Maguire is not the kind of player that we will expect that he'll be carrying the back the back line at Manchester United. He's not doing that. Why, why was he given the ca- the captain's arm? But you you, you 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 just don't understand it. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Eighty million down the grade. <laughs> <laughs> ah, to be honest, man, I just have to agree. That's just eighty million down the drain. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's let's flip the page to uh, the, the, the the former Chelsea boss that is in uh, in Conte, who is now managing Inter Milan, and uh, they buried Shakhtar Donetsk five nil. Uh, Romelu Lukaku taking uh, the last two goals. That is in the seventy eighth. And 83rd minute, and of course, uh, Lautaro Martinez opening the score uh, during the 19th minute in the first half. Now, Inter Milan uh, had 12 shots and 9 were on target, and they had a conversion rate uh, of 84%, which is very good. Yeah. Now, uh, can we talk about how Inter Milan need to have a winning formula to win against uh, the experienced Sevilla? Yeah. What did we see in this game against Shakhtar, and what are we going to see in the game against uh, severe. Actually, it is, it is very worrying for Inter Milan. Honestly <laughs> speaking, mm-hmm. the way Shakhtar played, mm. yeah. if Shakhtar would have had that cutting edge, a serious cutting edge, mm. they would have clinched that match. Mm. But the fact that they were not that ruthless when it, when they get into that box, mm-hmm. yeah, that one gave Inter Milan a chance to come back in this game mm. and and win it. Yeah. Yeah, and it, today it's going to be a very different match mm-hmm. because Sevilla has got experience of this kind of matches. Big experience. Yeah, yeah. they have been in these finals before, mm-hmm. and this one is not the first time. Mm-hmm. So they know how to handle such kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you think then? Then comes out because Sevilla are a very high pressing team when it matters, and uh, clearly Inter Milan. Uh, during Shakhtar, Shakhtar, this was a this was a walkover game for them. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. It was a very walkover game. Yeah. Sevilla, the other hand, is not going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and Sevilla gonna uh, pile up the pressure. KD, yeah. what what do you think? Um, do you think Inter have? Yes, they might have the personnel. Uh, I mean, Victor Moses doing well after he was uh, after uh, he was loaned out to, uh, from Chelsea. Uh, Eriksen being sold from Tottenham. Uh, Lukaku walking away from your home club, <laughs> like, uh, Manchester United, yeah. and uh, them just penning down a deal with uh, with Sanchez, who was formerly of Arsenal and had a stint at uh, Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, what exactly for you do you think uh, they have to do? Because Sevilla are really going to bring their A game, yeah. and we know they are out of as you said out of the five, Sevilla have won everything. Yeah. Inter are going to come into this knowing that Sevilla are their favourites. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think they need to do, honestly? Hey man, looking at this game, I think this is going to be a very interesting game for Inter and also for Sevilla because when you look at the two teams, you watch Inter Milan against Shakhtar Donetsk, um, 
they they, they were the Inter Milan which whereby they just wanted to sit um at the back and maybe wait for for them to create chances because when you look at Shakhtar Donetsk they ha- they had most of the possession in that game mm. same case for the United and the Sevilla game mm-hmm. Sevilla were actually not in that game until the yeah. dying minutes of the game so this yeah. will be a very match up uh, uh, this will be a very interesting match up for the two teams when i watch um Inter Milan this is a very good a uh, good side right now you, you look at the revival of the legs of Ashley Young mm-hmm. Ashley Young was a deadwood at Manchester United yes. you look at Victor Moses who was a deadwood at Chelsea mm. and he had to be loaned out to Fanabache. Mm. That, that tells you everything you need to know how deadwood that uh, uh, victim was as well, actually was. You look at some of the players who are playing at Inter Milan right now, the revival of maybe Lukaku, just like you highlighted, that Manchester United was not performing. And also the how good um, the young Lautaro Martinez has been. So going into this particular game, I do not expect both of the managers to change their starting eleven mm-hmm. for both the Sevilla and also for Inter Milan. You can be expecting to see the legs of Lautaro Martinez and Lukaku starting up front, mm-hmm. the legs of Ash Young and also D'Ambrosio starting as the wing-backs and also the back three of... Godin, um, the young Bastoni, and also Stefan de Vrij. St- same case to 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 Sevilla. We don't expect them to change their their backline. They'll be having the likes of um, the young Jules Kunde, just like I started by highlighting Diego Carlos, who's been linked with a lot of teams in Europe, mm-hmm. including Manchester City, and also Jesus Navas, a former Manchester City player, and also um, Sergio Reglon, a, a very a very good talented young player. At Sevilla, so for both teams, you don't expect that they, they, they'll be changing their starting 11s. Lucas Ocampos, of course, you expect you expect to, to see him starting for Sevilla. Uh, for Sevilla, he has been performing very well for Sevilla this season in Europa League and also in the La Liga. So this will be a very interesting matchup. I expect that Inter Milan will be wanting more of the ball as mm. compared to Sevilla. Mm. And just like you guys started by highlight, highlighting, Sevilla have a lot of experience in this kind of competition. But mm-hmm. then also when I look at Inter Milan right now, they have a team that is moving forward. They have a team that is working as a team. They have yeah. a team that whereby you'll expect that um, you can expect that Lukaku will bully the young Jules Kunde. You can expect that um, also Lautaro Martinez will give Diego Carlos a very hard time at, at the back. So this will be a very interesting matchup for the two teams. I'm going for Inter Milan on this one because when you, when you watch um, Antonio Conte uh, right now, he has the urge to bring that comp- that uh, that trophy back at the at the San Siro. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it looks like KD is leaning uh, clearly towards the the Inter Milan win. Yeah. Uh, Sam, what do you think? Uh, how do you think this game will turn out? Inter Inter are going to deploy one tactic just to stay in the game because yeah. Sevilla are going to push them mm. from the first minute mm. because if you look at uh, the last game of Inter mm-hmm. it was not convincing yeah. Yeah. and Sevilla are going to push them yes. because they are going to push them so that they can make mistake mm. at the back mm-hmm. uh, and the difference in this game if Sevilla will get the first goal mm-hmm. Sevilla are going to to win win this game. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going for Sevilla two nil. Uh, this of course is a very. It's not going to be shocking yeah. for the guys here <laughs> uh, that I'm going to side with Sevilla as well. <laughs> uh, Sevilla. Uh, uh, time and time I've been repeating, and I know now by now it's become a song where Sevilla for me the experience outweighs the the amount of talent that is at Inter. 
for them they know exactly and in the in the times when the, the pressing times that Sevilla are going to have mm-hmm. is going to bring out the best in Sevilla as compared to Inter Milan who uh number one this is the first time they are meeting now uh, yeah. remember they they've not met again ever in the in in European competition so we already know uh that it's going to be a what are you going to do what am I going to do type of situation because yeah. yeah. they've never been able to read each other's football because they've never met yeah but for me Sevilla comes out as a winner for me because Sevilla have the uh capacity to uh, hold the pressure of the fi- that this final brings yeah the finals one yes yeah. the f- this final has brought pressure upon them five times yeah uh, as compared to Inter yes I was in the Champions League but the the, the final pressure of this generation has still not been experienced with Inter. Yeah. This is the first team that Conte is holding uh, to account to win for them uh, a European title. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be tight, but I think uh, Sevilla will take it 2-1. Uh, Conte has to produce something. Uh, between uh, Lautaro and Lukaku, someone is going to score. Uh, but Sevilla are going to take it for me. Yeah, because myself personally, I'm looking at this game in the perspective of, I was talking about I was talking about Lukaku. You see how Lukaku usually bullies the defenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can expect that Lukaku tonight will be bullying the young Jules Kunde because I know you watch the Leverkusen game. Mm. Leverkusen have a very good defender in Tabsoba who is very physical. But then also you could see how Lukaku bullied the hell out of the young defender. Yeah. Yeah. And Lukaku actually got a goal. Yeah. So you can expect that Lukaku will get a goal tonight. When you look at Sevilla attacking wise, their, their striker is um, El Nesri from Morocco. Mm-hmm. And El Nesri has not been doing a lot for them in the in this competition so i'm looking for it from those two perspectives the matchup of the strikers okay and also the matchup of the fullbacks because you look at count how he usually plays you can expect that the 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 two fullbacks will be going forward a lot but mm-hmm. then also when you look at um Sevilla right now you can you cannot expect that uh, Sergio Regulon and Jesus Navas to attack a lot because they know the threat that will be posed by the by the two strikers from Inter Milan. Yeah. I'm I'm still gonna play the devil's advocate on this podcast and predict uh, a everyone <laughs> to Inter Milan. <laughs> All right. So the Europa League final is going to be played uh, uh, today, being the 21st of August. Uh, of course, still uh, in Portugal, that is uh, the neutral ground because of the coronavirus and and uh, what have you. Uh, but we are going to watch this game. Hopefully, it's going to be entertaining, and we are going to have point-to-point talks uh, once this final uh, is done. Yeah. One said, "Must be crying," another be celebrating. This time, it might be me and some Jay celebrating, and you crying, <laughs> and vice versa. I will not, I will not iterate why we are going to be crying or laughing. But we hope it's going to be a great final. Okay, guys. Again, thank you for joining me on. Uh, this week's episode of the Gulmouth Podcast. Uh, thank you to everyone that has joined us, man. We have had such a great season. We are concluding the season on Sunday, uh, the 23rd of uh, August. Uh, but we are going to be back with uh, the next episode of the Gulmouth Podcast. Obviously, we need to discuss the Premier League and how it's coming back. We have the Premier League that is coming back uh, on September. Con- confirmation being the Saturday, the 12th of September, yeah. new action from the Premier League. Um, hopefully, it's going to be a great season. Uh, but from us at the Gulmouth Podcast, uh, uh, myself, uh, Gigs, with 
KD man, even before something even gets to finish up on this, I, I have to highlight how excited I am because we are doing the podcast together. I think it's been over oh, five yeah. months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been over like five months since we did the podcast together. It's like a social distancing kind of a podcast. Yes. Like two meters apart. <laughs> 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 but man, it's so excited to be back doing this podcast together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Sam J, I'm also excited to see you again. It has been through Zoom. But I know this one is going to be great. Oh yes, and for me, uh, gigs follow us on all our social media. That is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Facebook and Instagram at the Goldmouth Podcast, and on Twitter at Goldmouth underscore Pod. Follow us on our new platform that is YouTube, uh, and also on every other place that you get or listen to your podcast. Follow us as we follow football. See you next week.